Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. Enjoy. We're going to continue with our Blessed Life series. Last week we spoke on It's About the Heart. And this week we're going to continue in the Blessed Life What Test. What test? It's a testing. How many know that God will sometimes test us, right? He'll test us and He wants to mature us and grow us. So the Blessed Life what test? And as I mentioned last week, there's one thing that you can count on me every year to do, and that's to preach on this series on what the blessed life is all about. And again, it starts with your heart. It's about, about a person, and I believe this is for everyone here, applicable to every person that's listening to my voice. God wants to use your time, your talents, and your treasures. You see, everything you own isn't yours. It belongs to who? God. Who gave it to us? God. Who wants you to distribute it to others? God. Generously. Amen? And ultimately, when we're first born, and we talked about this last week, when we're first born, one of the very first words that we begin to utter is, Mine. Mine. Because we become selfish. We're selfish at our core. And that is the extreme opposite of what God wants you to have, or what God is. God is generous. He's loving. He's giving. And we, mankind at our core, we can be very, very selfish. If you don't believe me, ask your spouse. They'll, they'll tell you. They'll, they'll straighten you out on that one real quick. All right? And if you don't believe me there, if you're not married, ask someone that knows you. Ask someone that knows you well. They'll tell you, oh yeah, there was that time when you were a little bit selfish because it comes so natural to us. And see, that's what we have to work through to get to the point where God can use us and, and we can distribute our time, our talents, and our treasures. Everybody say that with me. Time, talent, and treasures. Time, talent, and treasures. Every one of you have those gifts. Every single one of you. And here's the great thing. God, God doesn't need our money. Let me just preface everything I say by saying that. God doesn't need our money. What He wants is your heart. He desperately wants your heart. You see, He wants to have a relationship with you in much, in much the same way that you and your spouse have a relationship because you first melted her heart or she melted your heart and she got your heart. God is no different. He wants your heart. He wants to establish a relationship with you in much the same way. Because He knows when He has your heart, He has you. He has you. If you do not give Him your heart, you cannot give Him or be generous in the way God desires. Amen? Amen. So, again, this week, we're going to continue our journey to discover what it is to biblically live the blessed life. One of the, again, the things I promise to teach here every year is giving. Giving with our heart. And we have to come back to the premise that everything we have is not ours. It's God's. It belongs to God. God. All he's saying is, look, I want you to be a manager, a steward of what I give you. And I want you to manage that wisely with wisdom, with, with righteousness, with holiness and so forth. But he entrusts you with things. And how many love things? We all love things, right? There's nothing wrong with things. But He entrusts you with those things to manage them in a godly way. Amen? So, 
here's what I want to cover again this morning. I want you to know that the enemy of your soul would do anything to keep you from discovering God's principles governing financial stewardship, giving, and blessings. And here's why. Because once you do, once you understand this principle, it will transform your life for the better. It will change every area of your life. If you're married, it will improve your marriage. If you're, if you're just a single person, it will help you recognize how to live a healthy single life. Uh, it'll give you health and relationships. But it will do more than that. It will impact the kingdom of God. How can just the right heart do that? Well, it's a blessing here. And this is what I'm going to get to. See, God pours out blessings on those that are obedient to His Word. How many have found that to be true in their life? Amen? Amen. So, this whole series on the blessed life, what does it mean to be blessed? Well, here's the the description of what I want to get across to you. It means to have God's favor in your life. It means to have His favor wherever you go. Wherever you, whatever direction you go, under His umbrella, you have blessing poured into your life. It means to be blessed in your physical, spiritual, and psychological life. It means to have wholeness in your life, to be whole. Because I don't know about you, but I know there have been different times in my life when I have not felt whole, when there's a part, there's an emptiness in me. And you know why that is? Because I knew I wasn't fulfilling and walking in the area that God had desired for me to walk in. So I wasn't fulfilled, I wasn't whole. But it wasn't until I started walking in obedience that all of a sudden, I now had wholeness, and then God's blessing began to be poured in my life. Did I get an amen this morning? Anybody ever experienced that? Yes. Here's here's what I want you to understand as well. The opposite of being blessed is to be selfish. What I just spoke on, it comes so naturally to us. As I mentioned last week, you know, we, uh, Anna and I had a, had a good example of it. I mentioned the, the in and out or the drive through experience, right? You go through the drive through and men, you know, if you're like me, you know, I'm just using myself as an example. I go through the drive through I'm selfish. I'm going to order that number one. I'm going to go large. I'm going to get the big fries and a, and a Coke. And then I ask Anna, what would you like, honey? Oh, nothing. I'll just share with some of yours. And I'm looking like... Oh, no, you won't. Those are my fries. I want my fries. I'll get you whatever you want. And, you know, it's, it's really simple, little, but selfishness comes out like, oh, wait, those are my fries. I want those fries, especially when I go to Chick-fil-A and those waffle fries are delicious. And so we can tend to be selfish men. How many men are like that? Like me, right? You can be just one or two. Okay, right. The rest are just going, uh-huh. Yeah, I've never heard that. So we can be selfish and it's so opposite to the things of God. God, God's response in that situation would be, Oh, honey, you can have all... Here, not only would you want a fry, let me give you the whole thing, right? That would be God's response, and that would be what God would want you to say. But, you know, in our simple uh, world, we can just order another little French fry. It doesn't cost much. It's not going to break the bank, amen? But again, the opposite of being blessed is to be selfish. No one is a natural born giver. It doesn't come naturally to you. 
It has to be taught. We're all born takers. Take, 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 take here, take there. You go to work tomorrow, people are going to be taking left and right. People look for the easy way because that's the selfish way, the easy way out. We enter this world with a fallen sin nature, and that's the reason why. And at the heart of that nature is a tendency towards selfishness. We have to teach our young ones. I see a little baby here, going to be a year old here this month. She has to be taught to be a giver. She has to be taught all these wonderful things. Fortunately for her, she has godly parents that are going to teach her that. And they're going to teach her the principles of how to walk in love and be generous. There's people out there in this world today, and if you don't believe me, just go to Walmart later. Um, i got to pick on Walmart. You'll see kids there have no concept of how to be generous. It's all selfish, including the parents, and, and you know what I'm talking about. The world doesn't teach that. It's a far cry from that. And we have to learn to understand and, and, and grow in that. So, going back to today's message, today I want to speak on tithing. Everybody say tithing. Tithing. Everybody gets scared. Oh, okay, here goes. That, that's what all they ever speak on at church is money. No, let me, let me correct that. I only speak on this one time a year. The only time I ever mention it. Never mention it again. It's just one time because it's a principle of being blessed and living the blessed life that I want you to understand. It's the principle of the heart that I want you to understand. But check this out. Did you know that there's more than 500 verses in the Bible so everybody say 500. 500 verses in the Bible concerning prayer, and then also nearly 500 verses concerning faith. Okay, that's, that's amazing. But here, check this out. There's more than 2,000 verses pertaining to money and possessions. That should just, it just blows everything else out of the water right there when you, when you look at it that way. See, the, the main principle behind tithing and, and giving is the fact that what we do with our money shows where our heart is. What we do with our money shows where our heart is. If you open up your checkbook and look at it, you can see where your heart's at. I guarantee you, for every one of you, including myself. That's why we read that scripture verse, Matthew 6 and verse 21, which says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Again, this isn't about God needing your money. God doesn't need your money. He wants your heart. When He has your heart, you can then give of your time, your talents, and your treasures generously. That's what God wants in this world because it's so opposite of what is out in this world today. Amen? Here's what tithing is. Tithing is an offering to God of the first tenth of our increase or income, which is thoroughly biblical. Furthermore, it's a profoundly significant test of our love for, our trust in, and obedience to our Heavenly Father. In fact, um, if you have your Bibles here, let's read the scripture where uh, it's most commonly quoted from. In the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, chapter 3. It's the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 8 through 10. On your outline, it may just have verse 10, but I want to read verses 8 through 10. And uh, once you're there, say amen. Amen. You got it? Amen. Amen. Malachi chapter 3, and starting in verse 8, it says this, 
Will a mortal man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. And verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. Amen. Amen. Right there. That is a promise from God to you today. And in fact, it's the only place in the entire Bible, hear me on this, the only place, everybody say the only place, the only place, that you will see God utter these words, test me in this, test me in this. A tithe is 10% of your gross income. That's what a tithe is. The word tithe is in the Bible literally means a tenth part a tenth part. The number 10 is a very symbolic number. We're going to get to that this morning, but I've asked a couple of, uh, couple of families to come up here, and let's start with uh, the Dismukes this morning. I want them to share on what, what giving, what tithing has meant to them. So why don't you give them a hand as they come up here this morning. Yeah. Do I need like a microphone? This? Yes, you do. <laughs> Um, I, I've been thinking about this, what to say, and I'm trying to keep it short because I can really make a short story long. Um, I was one of nine children, and um, so I had to share a lot with my family, you know, my brothers and sisters. Um, when I was a child, I remember finding a quarter, and a quarter to me was like $100 because I could buy 25 pieces of oatmeal for five big months. So now you know how old I am, right? That's a, the, the value of that quarter. Um, when I was a child, certain little things happened to me like that. I'd find a quarter or something would happen to me or where I didn't understand it. But as I grew up, I realized that I was blessed by God. Even as a child, I didn't understand it back then, but um, I've always been blessed by God. And as I got older, you know, and uh, became more faithful to God, He's just poured His blessing on it, on me and my husband. And uh, we've been married almost 32 years. We've been married 32 years this month. And um, when we give to God, it, it doesn't hurt. You know, we just we just want to be obedient to Him. And ever since we've just been giving so much. God just blesses us. And we don't do it to give to get. We get When we give, it's like the first thing when we get our checks. It's the first thing that we do. I tithe it. it. That's God's money. And he lets me take care of the rest. But he has blessed us so much with what we have. Amen. We're not rich, Amen. but we're rich in God. And Amen. that's the most important thing Amen. to me. Thank you. Amen. Thank you very much. Give them a hand this morning. Did you hear? Did you catch what she said? We don't give to get. We give to give. That's what we talked about last week. We give to give. And that's so opposite from the world. The world says, well, give and then maybe you'll get something back, you know. And don't, don't be misled here that we give to give, period. 
period. And, we, and when God sees that kind of a heart, He blesses that heart. He blesses that individual. So let's have uh, the Millers come up. Sister Betty and Brother Ed, if you'd come up and share as well, what has uh, tithing meant to you and how has it been a blessing in your lives? God bless you. Good morning. Um, giving of our time, talent, and treasure is a blessing. Amen. Um, Ed and I, we're living a blessed life. Yes. We don't want for anything to God be the glory. Amen. I was taught as a child, uh, tithing, giving of your offering, no matter what God bless you with. Because the 10% is not ours. Before I pay any bills, like Irene, I write my tithes and my offering. And then I, we don't miss it because it's not ours in the first place. And God has blessed us when we give. He's, we have our health and strength. We, yes, we have health challenges, but God is faithful. And mm. we have already claimed its healing. Yes, amen. Um, my daughter, Lisa, you've met her. She was out there in the streets for years and years and years and on drugs. God delivered her. Yes, set her amen. Free. Thank and you, I Jesus. I tell you the amazing things that He's doing in her life. I was just there uh, last week. She was getting a certificate from the mayor for yes. her uh, faithfulness of amen. feeding the homeless. And I tell you, in my family, you saw my family last week. Yes. How God is drawing them. And it's the favor of God. You cannot beat God giving. Amen. I look forward to uh, giving of our tithes and offering. We give more than 10%. And it's mm-hmm. not bragging. Because right. we're truly blessed. Amen. We're blessed in our, uh, our mind. We're not the typical seniors. We're able to go. And every morning I say, Lord, thank you. I have, you woke me up. I see another day. I have my health. I have my strength. I can breathe. Uh, yes. We can clothe ourselves. This is a blessing. We take nothing for granted. So I tell you, saints, it is a blessing. Yes, it, it is. It is a blessing. Test God, like the scripture says, to be obedient. Test Him. Is yes. He bless you? Yes. And pour out the blessing of, that you won't even be able to receive. Your blessings Amen. will overflow you. They will overrun you. They yes. will run you Amen. Amen. I'm a living example. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you so much. Well, we're just going to end it right there. Because they said it, you said it all right there. That's awesome. And that's a great blessing to know that you can live the blessed life. They're an example of living the blessed life. The Dismukes are examples of living the blessed life. And there's others in here that are examples of living the blessed life. But here, here's the thing. They give generously, every one of these people here, of their time, their talents, and treasures because they recognize, number one, it's not theirs, it's God's. They are only stewards of what God has given them. Here's the other thing I want to share with you. I can't teach on something here in this church unless I believe it and I live it. So I want to tell you that Anna and I are are tithers and have been tithers. Just like, and let me share with you this example. Moses, you know one of the reasons why he couldn't lead the people into the promised land? I believe this, is because he never saw it. You know who led them into the promised land? Joshua. Joshua saw it. He saw it with his own eyes. This tithing principle, I've lived it. I can take you there and teach you on this because I live it. And how many know that God has been generous to Anna and I? He has truly blessed our life. 
It's not by accident. It's not by accident. It's not because she has a great job because she doesn't. It's not because I have a great job because I, I don't. We have jobs. God supplies, but it's because we live in obedience to what He says. We live in obedience to His Word. So again, if, if I could just get that point across, it's about your heart. God wants your heart. He doesn't want you to be selfish. He wants you to walk in obedience to Him. Amen? So let's continue on here. And I mentioned right before the testimonies, that the number 10 is a very symbolic number in the Bible. For example, did you know that the number 10 in the book of Exodus, the Pharaoh's heart was tested by how many plagues? 10 plagues, if you remember the story. There were 10 plagues. It was a time of testing with the Hebrews in the land of Egypt. God's standard of righteousness is found in the 10 commandments. Jacob was tested 10 times while working for his father-in-law Laban. Daniel is tested for 10 days in the very first chapter of the book of Daniel. He's tested 10 for 10 days. Hear me, the, the number 10 is symbolic for testing, for testing. And the pattern continues in the New Testament. It's not just the Old Testament. Matthew talks about the 10 virgins that are tested for preparedness. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10 mentions 10 days of testing. 10 days of testing. See, I point this out because tithing or giving of our increase is actually a test from God to you. Didn't the scripture in Malachi verse, or chapter 3 verse 10 say, test me in this? Test me in this. God wants you to test him, but he's also testing you. Say, how will you walk in that? And maybe, maybe you might be here today and you haven't given to that extent or the, the 10%. Maybe you've given a certain portion. And that's great. That's awesome. And I, and I applaud you. But what I, my point here this morning is, God wants to pour so much blessing upon you when you begin to give him a hundred percent of what he's already given you it belongs to God in the first place amen? amen let's go back and establish again the principle of tithing and I want to read a scripture to you in Exodus and I'm going to take you in a different direction here if you've never heard this message here before but Exodus chapter 13 Exodus chapter 13 and verse 2 I want to establish a principle here that starts in the Old Testament, in Exodus chapter 13 and verse 2, it says this, Consecrate to me every firstborn male. The first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether man or animal. This was God's command to the Israelites. This was God's great command. So it's no, or let me back up. It's vital to understand that the very firstborn belongs to who? God. God. The firstborn. Firstborn. According to the Old Testament law, the firstborn was to either be sacrificed or redeemed. And how many know that? You've read that in the Bible before, right? There was no third option. It was to be either sacrificed or redeemed. Every time one of their livestock animals... delivered, its firstborn was to be offered up as a sacrifice. It was, if it was designated an unclean animal, you had to redeem it with a clean, spotless lamb, a clean, spotless sacrifice in every single case. In other words, the clean firstborn had to be sacrificed 
and the unclean firstborn had to be redeemed. That's what was going on in that situation. Now, let's parallel that in the New Testament with what's going on with Jesus, okay? Follow me here. Jesus is about to get baptized in the Jordan River by his cousin, his first cousin, John. John is about to baptize him. And John shouted these words, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The Bible calls Jesus the firstborn. Did you know that? Jesus is the firstborn. He's also the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. Just hold on, hold on to that thought. See, Jesus was clean. He was perfect and unblemished in any way. Unlike you and I, He he came into this world naturally. And he was uh, perfect throughout his life. He never sinned. He was unblemished for his 33 years on this earth that he lived. You and I cannot say that. He was unblemished. We are all born sinners and unclean. Amen? Amen? That's why we need him. Now, do you see the symbolic parallel here going on between the Old Testament and the New Testament? See, Jesus was sacrificed to redeem us. We're that unclean offering. We're the unclean person in in the sight of God. He was redeemed for us. He was redeemed for us. When He redeemed us by His sacrifice, He bought us back for God. God purchased us back. He, the Lord Jesus, was literally a first fruits offering for us. God gave His best, His Son, His only Son, for us, for each of you and I, that we would have life eternal. Amen? In a sense, you could say that Jesus was God's tithe. In a sense, you could say that. That's why a tithe is a serious thing with God. God considers it a holy thing, a serious thing. So we have to give our first fruit offering, our tithe, in much the same way. Before we see the blessing of God, we got to give it in faith. Before we know if we're going to have any money left over at the end of the month, right? Everybody goes through that experience when you're writing out bills. I don't care who you are. I don't see Warren Buffett sitting in here. So everybody goes through that same experience. Oh boy, I sure hope I have enough money at the end of the month, right? And especially because most of us live on fixed incomes, on a certain amount. We know what's coming in, and we, we, we live wisely, we spend wisely. But here, did you listen to the testimonies this morning? The very first thing they do, just like we do in our home, we write out our tithe check when we get paid. We write it out. And then we know what our budget's going to look like. That's why it's also important that you budget correctly, that you live within your means. God doesn't want you living above and beyond your means and have 15 credit cards maxed out. That's not the plan of God for your life. Now that's a whole different sermon right there, is financial management. But here's here's the thing, going back to tithing. Exodus chapter 23, and this is on your outline. Exodus chapter 23 and verse 19 says this, Bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. Bring the best of your first fruits. Proverbs 3 9 says this Honor the Lord with your wealth. And I have it right behind me. I love it. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. 
And then our third verse here is Second Chronicles 31 and verse 5. As soon as the order went out, the Israelites generously gave the first fruits of their grain, new wine, oil and honey, and all that the fields produced. Amen, amen. The first fruits is very important. It's established here. They gave of their first fruits. It was automatic. It came out. And again, it's the only place, referring back to Malachi chapter 3 and verse uh, 10, if we have that scripture back up again, it's the only place in the entire Bible where we are to test God. God is actually asking you, every one of you, Test him in this. He's saying, test me. How many have tested God in this area? If you haven't already, begin to do that. What God is saying here is, if you test me in this, the scripture goes on to say, and it says, I will throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing into your life. And again, I'm not talking about just financial things. You know, I'm not talking about you give so that you get back. That's not what I'm talking about. Don't miss my point. My point here is that God wants to pour blessings of wholeness into your life. Wholeness. That your life is whole. That you don't walk around feeling half empty. Walking around depressed and moping around every day. And walking around poor pitiful me. Nobody's got it worse than me. No. God wants to pour blessing into your life. And when you, do, when you begin to live in obedience to this. He fills you with his blessing. He fills it with, your, with you. Up to you to where it's overflowing. Yes. Overflowing. Amen? Amen? You can't contain it. The scripture says it. You cannot contain it. Test him in this if you have not yet begin, begun to do that. The principle of the first fruits is very significant and important to God. You see, God always ensures that anything given first is never lost. In other words, what we give to God, we don't lose because God redeems it for us. God redeems it. Uh, just for, for fun here, those of you that don't know the word redeem, how many remember blue chip stamps, right? Everybody here over the age of, uh, I don't know, 29. Remembers blue chip stamps. And you would get these stamps right at the, at the gas station and, and stores and you'd have these little booklets and then you'd, you'd put the stamps in there and then you'd take them to the redemption store. Yeah, the redemption center, right? The blue chip stamp store. And then in turn you could get you know, TVs and you know, little things. You know, basically you're redeeming them for a prize essentially. Um, and so I remember doing that as a young kid, you know, I, I've heard stories about that. Uh, I remember actually going in those stores, right? Who am I kidding? And I remember seeing that happen. But that's what redemption means. You're getting something, right? And so here, what, what Jesus is saying is that the first belongs to God. Excuse me. That God always ensures that, that the, any first thing given is never lost. So what we give to God, we don't lose because God redeems it for us. That's the way the blue chip stamps work. We, we didn't lose our money. We basically got something back, right, from, from the redemption center. Well, God, in His great plan, sent His Son to redeem us. Because we were lost and sinners and didn't have a clue what we were doing. That's why He sent His Son to die for each of us. Now He's given us the gospel, the good news, that we would hear it, we would live it, and walk in obedience to it. Amen? Amen. The first belongs to God. But here's the thing. 
What we withhold from God, we will lose. If we withhold something from God, He doesn't redeem that portion. He only redeems the portion, the first fruits, what you give to Him as first fruits. That's important here. So just hang on here. I'm going to explain this. The first belongs to God. We find this principle throughout the Bible. The very first, right off the top, it belongs to God. Now we can give God the first of our time as well. You See, tithing isn't just uh, related to just finances, okay? Biblically, yes, God wants us to give of our, of our finances, but you can also tithe your time. You know, you can you can be a, a tither of uh, in a generous way to others as well of your talents, uh, time, and so forth. But what tithing is re- really is is giving our first to God, giving our finances first to God. It's saying, God, I'm going to give you first. I'm going to give to you first, and trust you to redeem the rest. See, when we give that that first portion, when we write out that check, what we're really saying, we're not saying this. I hope there's enough for the end of the month. What we're saying is, Lord, I trust you to redeem what's left over and bless it, so that we can continue to be blessed and and meet every single need in my life. That's what we're really saying. God redeems the rest when you give Him your first fruits. That is the principle I want you to understand this morning. And the same, by the same token, when we don't give of our first fruits, He can't redeem the rest. He can't. He's bound by His own law. His own law says that we give of our first fruits. And when we do that, then He redeems the rest. And it's a beautiful principle that some of you here have found to be true in your lives. Amen? Amen. Remember the scripture where Jesus said, According to your faith, so be it unto you. Remember the time, if you remember this story, Jesus is in the temple. And he's watching them give their offerings. And he sees a widow come and give, the Bible says in the King James, two mites. Just two coins. And it wasn't much... But it was what she had. She gave of her heart, the Bible says. There were others that were giving more money, more finances, but she gave much more percentage-wise than they did. Jesus was impressed by what she gave because she gave from her heart. See, the others were giving because of what they had. They could afford to give. It'd be like Warren Buffett, I used his name earlier, Bill Gates coming in here and giving us $5,000 to a person like that. That's pocket change, right? They carry that in their, in their ashtray, right? Or, you know, um, whatever. That's nothing to them. But what Jesus is saying is, give from your heart. That's what he desires for each of you. Amen? Amen. It's always, it always requires faith to give first. It does. It's a test. That's part of what faith is. It's a test. That's why so few Christians experience the blessed life. I, I could give you statistic after, after statistic that of the 100% of churches and the 100% of Christian believers, how, how low the percentage is that actually follow through in tithing. It's extremely low. And, and the reason why, I believe, is that people are afraid to step out in faith. They are afraid, as that scripture said, to test God. They look and see with their eyes and see, oh, I can't do that. 
I can't step out there. And they fail to realize that God is saying, I want you to trust me. This is a heart condition. If you can trust me, I will meet all of your needs. Amen? Amen. Amen. He will meet every one of your needs. It requires us giving to God before you see it. Or, or to see if you're going to have enough at the end of the month. It requires us to have, to have that mentality. By tithing, you're, what you're really saying to God is, I recognize you first. That's what you're really saying when you tithe. When you, when you give of your first fruits, you're saying, Lord, you come first and I recognize that here today. Amen. I'm putting you first in my life. I trust you to take care of all the things in my life, is what you're saying. So in essence, I mentioned this word already, the heart condition. In essence, tithing comes down to the attitude of our hearts. It comes down to our hearts. The question is, do I trust God enough to put Him first, to give Him the first part? See, here's the great secret. If you haven't figured it out, you're not going to take anything you have with you. I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. Never. Never will. You can't take it with you. And, you know, it's unfortunate about... If if you have so much and yet you never give in any way, if you never give to a, a ministry, you know, a homeless ministry, if you never give to an outreach, and if you're just stingy, a stingy person. I, I know for a fact the people we have in this church are givers. We're a generous bunch. But I'm talking about people that can be stingy at heart. I feel for those people. I feel for them because they have never, ever experienced God's blessing in their life if they are stingy people and not giving of their time, their talents, their resources. Amen? I love our church because you do give. We do give. And I appreciate every one of you that do give to help meet the rent here that we pay every month to meet here for the four hours we have this room rented for. I appreciate for the fact that we bought a new projector last year. Your giving helps to provide that. Materials for our kids' church, the the food that we have, that's where your money goes. It goes to missions work in Mexico. Every year we go to a a Mexico uh, Baja missions trip. It goes to provide for that. There's many areas where we provide and I thank you for that as your pastor. Amen? Amen. But here's the, here's the thing. You need to learn to acknowledge this principle. It means to confront with gut level honesty this morning a very important personal question. And here it is. Who's really first in your life? Who's really first in your life? Don't raise your hand. Don't, don't shout it out. That's for you to look inside and internalize that. Who's really first in your life? And is it God? It should be. It should be God today. The blessed life means obeying this principle and having supernatural power working for you in all areas of your life. See, when you walk in obedience to God, God is just, I can't emphasize this enough, wherever you go, He's going to be pouring pouring blessing onto you. Have you ever been under a cloud of rain sometime? It just seems like you get out of it and then you go over here and it just seems to follow you and it dumps rain on you and you go over here and it dumps rain on you over here. That's exactly how God's supernatural blessing works. 
when you walk in obedience to this principle of tithing, God just pours out blessing upon your life. He pours it out in relationships, in, in your finances, in, in your wholeness, spirit, physical, psychologically. I mean, you just have wholeness. And I look around at the people that are givers, and I see that truly reflected in their life. But here's the sad part of that, is that the people that I see that, that struggle with that are the ones that are furthest from having the blessed life work in their life. It's just, uh, it's just so obvious to me as a pastor, very obvious, very obvious. But here's what I want you to leave with today as we begin to close. The scriptures teach that Christians are to be generous Everybody say generous. generous. And then sacrificial and expectant and cheerful givers. And I'll say it again as I mentioned last week. There are some of you here that write on your tithe envelopes, given with cheer or you know, given w- with a great heart and smiley faces and, em- and emojis, right? And all this wonderful stuff on your tithing envelopes. That's awesome. I see that. It's like, how cool is that? Praise God. You know, that's wonderful. I wish everybody would have that, that, that secret that that person has or those people have in their own life. That they would have captured that because they're giving from their heart. They're giving truly because they know that principle. Amen? So does that describe you this morning? Are you being generous, sacrificial, expectant, cheerful? Here, it's my earnest prayer this morning for each of you. My earnest prayer that the Holy Spirit would challenge each of you to rethink how you've given in the past. If you've never had an opportunity or, or actually uh, given, given of your tithes. See, you can, start to, you can start today. You can start next week. But the important thing is you can start. Well, maybe, maybe you might say, well, 10%, that's a lot. Well, then start with 1%. Start with 2%. Build up to it. You've got to start somewhere. You should start somewhere and get up to it. There's, men, there's some of you in here, I know, that give more than 10%. That was what was stated this morning. I know that. And, and God honors that. God will truly honor that. But here's, here's the great news. You don't need to go home and pray about it. It's not one of those things, well, Pastor Rick, let me go home and pray about it. You don't need to pray about it because it's already declared in God's Word. Amen? amen. Can I get an amen? Yes, amen. God already declared it. There's some things you do not need to pray about. God declared it. He's just wanting you to test Him, to walk in obedience to this principle that you begin to give of your first fruits and that He can then begin to redeem the rest in your life. The rest. I promise you, you will have blessing upon blessing upon blessing. And here's what I want to close with. Here's your homework assignment for this week. If you haven't obeyed this principle yet of tithing in your life, begin to do this with the first fruits of your finances. Begin to do that. I challenge you. Just like that scripture says, I challenge you. You see, it's our goal here to eventually be meeting in a building. How many know that? We, our goal isn't to stay here in this auditorium. Our goal is to be in a, in a church as well, in a, in a church building. But it's going to take more committed believers giving of their time, talents, and resources for us to get there. But whether that day comes or not, that to me is not as important as getting each of you to learn to give of your heart. 
If you can learn, learn to give of your heart, you now become a deadly weapon in the kingdom of God. And Satan is fearful of you if you become a giver. Because he has to look out for you. Where are you going now? Because who are you going to bless now? Just like uh, Sister Ivy blessed that person at Starbucks. He has to keep an eye on you now. Where are you going to go blessing? Lisa, Betty's daughter in Stockton, lived a life totally opposite of where she's at now. God saved her, and now God is using her to reach those same people. Again, Satan lost the grip on her. Now God has her, and God is blessing, pouring favor into her life because she's walking in obedience to these principles. Betty's life and Ed's life have been blessed to see that. Can you imagine any parent that has to see their kid struggling in that area prior to where Lisa was now, to have to see that time and time, month and month, maybe year after year, and now to see the blessing, to see the blessing in, in their daughter's life, that is an amazing miracle, amen? That is part of the blessed life that I'm talking about. They get to see that. They've invested in God's kingdom through prayers, through, through their giving of their time, their talents and treasures. Those are some of the promises for each of you here today. So I, I want you to be encouraged that God wants your heart. Again, He doesn't want your money. He doesn't care about your money. He doesn't care about the car you drive, the house you live in. He wants your heart. Yes. He wants your heart. And He wants, you to, he wants to test you in this. How much of, of your heart are you willing to give Him? Uh, is He in first place in your life? Is He really in first place? I want you to leave here today wanting to put Him in first place if you haven't already and desiring to put Him in first place. So let's bow our heads this morning. Father God, Lord, I thank you for this message. It's always a, it's not an easy thing for me to ever speak on just finances, Lord, because I don't want anybody to ever think that's all I ever speak on or that's all the churches speak on. It's not about that, Lord, and and I, I know you know that, and I just want every person here, every listener to know that it starts with our heart. And when we can truly become transparent, Lord, with you and say, Lord, everything you've given me is yours everything. And Lord, all you're saying is, I give you 10% and I get to keep 90? Oh, what a deal. I'll take it. And Lord, when I truly understand that principle, that everything you've given me is yours, Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you. And, and in obedience, I give you of my first fruits. Help me to understand that. Help me to begin to live that. Help me to test you in this, as the scripture says. Lord, I pray for those today that have never, ever, ever even tithed before. That, they would, that you would plant that seed in their heart today. That they would be challenged to step out in faith. And Father, I pray that your blessings would just be poured out upon them. That you would give them wholeness in their spirit, in their life, in their relationships. That you would make them whole, Father, as you desire for each of them. So, Lord, I thank you for this day. I pray your blessings upon them. And, Lord, today, as we close, I pray, God, that you remind us that you love us and that you care for us and that you desire the best for your children. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name.